Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Official Gears Podcast, where we talk about everything from mouse ears to butterbeers. I am Brian, and I am here with my co-host, as always, Alan, and we are the guys at Years of Experience, or the Gears. Thank you for tuning in and listening as we continue our Travel With series. Alan, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you tonight? Pretty good. It's been a couple busy days, but I'm glad to be back on here doing what I really like to do. So let's keep going. Yep. Uh, As your mouse experts, we're here to help answer all your Disney and Universal destination questions and help you prepare for your next vacation. Uh, And if you missed it, on our last episode, we talked about traveling with smaller school-aged children with our fellow mouse expert, Leslie. And on this uh, this episode, we have another mouse expert with us, and we're going to be talking about traveling with teens and young adults with our um, special guest, Ginny. Hi, Ginny. Hi, Alan. How are you? Hi, Brian. Good, good. Great to have you on. I'm excited to be here. We're going to have some fun. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited for this episode because I feel like this is one of the hardest age groups to plan for as a travel agent, um, because at this age they have their own ideas and feelings and beliefs and and so <laughs> I'm excited to kind of hear Jenny's thoughts on you know how she handles some of these things and what she looks for when she um, she books her her trips for her personal family and um, so I guess Jenny let's let's just find a little bit about who you are and um, what your background's like. Okay, great. Sounds good. Yep. So, uh, Jenny, we're going to find out where where are you from? How's that? Let's start there. I'm from Mount Laurel, New Jersey. It's about 30 minutes from the Philadelphia airport. So that like, that's where we fly out of to go to Orlando when we want to go to our favorite destination. (laughs) How long have you been with ears? I've been with ears about four years four and a half years and uh it's been great i've been going to disney world since like probably 20 years because my kids (laughs) well that's perfect because our next question is where does your love for disney come from you know when i was younger it really came from the disney movies but when i had a conference for a child care agency that i was with uh, we had a one-year-old at the time and we extended that conference. And when we saw our son really get hooked into the characters and everything that it was about, we got hooked and then we bought DVC. So we are Disney vacation club members as well. Nice. And um, what do you find most rewarding about being a mouse expert? Well, I really love planning my clients' trips. I feel like I give them the most up-to-date information as well as like the best park plans for their situation. So I listen to what they say, what they want to do, and then plan their park uh, plans from that. Yeah, that's pretty cool, helping people to kind of experience something that maybe they never have before. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. What is what do you find is the most often question that you get asked by potential clients? I mean, LOL, how much is it going to cost me? <laughs> That's a big one, right? Yes. $10,000 seems to be the magic number that everybody asks. Oh, so. I know. <laughs> but then when you really break it down for them and what they're going to get, they understand like this. And then they come back and they say, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah. 
what is the best piece of advice that you give your travelers? Take the time to enjoy everything and don't try to do everything in your first trip, especially because there are so many things to see and do in both resorts, Universal Orlando Resort and Walt Disney World that would, you know, you could, you're like rushing around and you just don't tend to, um, you know, really take in the scenery or the scents or the music that's going on in the background. It's, it's really yeah. magical. Yeah. That seems to be a um, common theme about everybody when we ask that question is, is take your time, really enjoy it. And it's okay if you don't see everything the first time. So it, you're not, how many times have we been? I still don't feel like I've seen yeah. everything. <laughs> you can't see it all. Uh, I can crazy. tell you, you I haven't seen everything. You'd have to yeah. be there for a month at least to try and see everything. And I, nobody's got a budget like that that I'm aware of. It'd be nice. Yeah. Not so much. No, I'm trying to talk Mandy into buying one of those uh, houses in the Golden Oak community. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sell a few more houses, Brian. You can do it. I, can do I it. know. I, I don't get commission on one of those, though. So, <laughs> um, so Ginny, our last question for you, like holding, like kind of getting to know you is, are you currently working on anything secretly to be able to help your clients better? I'm actually not working on anything secretly, but up where I live, it's still really taboo to travel. Like people are just freaking out about the pandemic. So um, mostly what I can do is give them my insight from our recent trip, August 22nd to 29th, and tell them how safe we felt within Walt Disney World Resort. I hadn't traveled to Universal Orlando, but I feel they have the same measures in place and haven't had many cases come out of that and then I did feel like myself it was like you know the airport more so that I was concerned with rather than the actual parks because the parks are being so safe yeah that's cool very nice you ready for some rapid fire questions Jenny I mean sure <laughs> so these are 10 questions that we ask, ask all of our guests the first time they come on our show. Um, I'm going to read the questions. Alan is going to time us. And oh the, ti the timer does not start <laughs> until I finish reading the first sentence, uh, first question. How many do we have to get through? There's only 10. 10. You got to get through 10. There's only doesn't 10. doesn't take too long. Uh, and it's just literally first, first answer. We're going to give you, in most cases, yeah. it's an either or or a fill in the blank. And just whatever yeah. springs to mind, because um, we want to do it as quick as you can. And then if you want to go back and elaborate on any of those answers, we can after. Yep. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> so the time to beat is on purpose. We do. <laughs> yeah. So the time to beat is 43 seconds. And that is summer and Leslie both have uh, are tied with 43 seconds. So oh God. Down to a tie if you right can get now. it in 42, then how many questions? Um, 10? Yep. Just 10. Okay. So, which I, I got a message from Summer That's today. Yes, she said uh, <laughs> she thinks we um, cheated on the on the time. She wants to see the official uh, <laughs> video. Of us. <laughs> so. Now it's all fun. All right, so. I'm ready when you guys are. All right, Jenny, you ready? Yep. First thing that comes to mind. Okay. Yes. All right. Question number one: What is your favorite attraction at Walt Disney World? Tower of Terror. Mickey's ice cream bar or Mickey's ice cream sandwich? Mickey's ice cream sandwich. Favorite resort? Boardwalk. Funniest character to meet? 
Mm, funny is Chippendale. People would be surprised you haven't done this at a Disney park. Um, uh, mini golfed. Best Disney soundtrack. Soarin'. Marvel Universe or Star Wars? Star Wars. Disney villain you could become friends with? Um, Corella, I guess. <laughs> Oswald or Steamboat Willie? Oh, Steamboat Willie. So happy. Before your, before your vacation is over, you must what? I must uh, go around the world at Epcot and drink. <laughs> <laughs> I am with you on that. We like to and have an adult Did beverage at Epcot. Uh, you're at a minute it? and two. Minute and two. Oh, that's okay though. That's okay. okay. It's fun. It's that's cool. It's getting to know you. I didn't know the questions. I should have listened to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how Leslie cheated. So yeah, we purposely take those out when we send you guys the uh, the questions and things we're going to talk about on the show. We take those out, so you have to listen Darn or just be surprised. That's all Darn part of the fun. I, okay. I will. Uh, I will say nobody has. I don't think anybody has said Chip and Dale yet for the funniest character to meet. No, I don't. Oh think my so god, either. they were. That they would like one. knock my kids. They were little, and they would like knock the kids' hats off, and like they would be like really funny. You know, like they would spend time being like, like, uh, animated with the kids. So, yeah. But I, I think we've gotten Soren a couple of times. From, mm-hmm. from a couple different people. The soundtrack? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love Soren. Well, I mean, there's other soundtracks, but I didn't know if you meant in the park or not. And I was like, <gasps> what do I say? First thing but that comes to mind. But it's probably actually Splash Mountain. I love that soundtrack. Anyway. <laughs> it's not the first one that came it's... to mind, so. I know, Soren. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. We were just gliding over everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Tower of Terror is your favorite uh, your favorite ride? Uh, well, Flight no, of Passage No, it's just is, the first one that came to mind. Is, I love the dro- I love drop rides, so yes. It's like, I love that one, but I think Flight of Passage is my actual favorite. Okay. I love, because that actually kind of drops too, when you like go down that thing. I love that one. Yeah, I don't think people realize um, how steep the angle is when you're on the back of the Banshee headed down Uh through the the cave in the valleys. I love the smells and the, like, everything. Same with Stuart. Like, both are really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're fun attractions. Those are good. They are. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys ready to get into the episode? Let's do it. Okay. So Wait, I'm lost. Where am I? (laughs) <laughs> just uh oh, jenny we you know we yeah so we had you come on uh basically because your family dynamic fits perfect for this episode um you have two older boys and how old are both of them at this moment 18 18 and 22 so they're perfect for what we're looking for for teenagers mm-hmm. and young adults so um and you just spoke recently or a little while ago about a trip that you took with your family and everybody went on that one, correct? Um, no, Andrew didn't go on that one oh. because he was training for his hockey career in the juniors NAHL. But uh, we went with 20, Bill was 22 and 
yeah, it was great. We had an awesome time. And we were just experiencing everything after COVID. So um, we learned a lot on this trip. It was actually kind of a really good research trip. <laughs> what, what do you think would be the uh, longest you waited in line? Oh, my gosh. Uh, not very long. Like, And so now they are increasing some of the uh, capacity Florida has been because there haven't been COVID outbreaks coming from the parks, but um, maybe 20, 25 minutes. Was that to have your temperature checked? <laughs> Was it what? To have your temperature checked. Oh, no, they do that before you go in the park. We were yeah. waiting outside of Epcot the one morning and I was standing in the sun, not on purpose, but it was hot. It was August. So it's hot and humid. And so they had, to, they did my forehead one and it was over, but then they did my behind the ear one. It was fine. You started, yeah, the they sun. did your forehead and then you went, they did into my behind and I was kind of, <laughs> okay. Behind I guess the Alan's going to be editing, <laughs> editing this. <laughs> No, she pointed to us for, you know, we can see each other and she pointed to behind her ear. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So, but you guys had a good time? Yes, it was great. We felt completely safe. Well, I was going to talk about this later on one of the other questions, but like we felt completely safe. There were, were sanitized stations everywhere, like hand washing stations. So before and after you get off the ride, there's sanitizing stuff. And then um, there's hand washing stations besides the bathrooms, which you can always obviously go into. Um, and they were limiting, you know, capacity on the rides. They were spacing everyone out, even on um, uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. So they had put us, you know, in like two seats. And so Steve and Bill are both bigger people. And I was like, well, I want to ride in the third one. And they were like, no, you're not far enough from the other people. And I got like, kind of, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and then I had to go back in the other seat. So. But at least they're, they're I mean, observing that. That's no, good to know. No, it was fine. It was fine. I just thought I could sit up in that other row. Cause I was like, I don't want to be like crowded with you guys. <laughs> you know, I don't know. No. I'm, I'm um, excited to have you on. Um, like I said, your, your age group of, of kids, uh, which they're not really kids anymore, is, is perfect for what we're looking for. Because like I said, I feel like this is one of the hardest age groups to plan. And it's because they're, they're so different. Um, it's not that you have to find things to keep them entertained and things that they're going to really enjoy doing. But it's not, they're not so free spirited as uh, often as, as your younger ones who are just there to, and excited to be there. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to see, you know, hear what you say about a lot of the, the questions we're going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, they get to the age where they're at and, and they um, want to be cool. And a lot of the magic wears off because they're trying to be too cool. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to act like I want to go and see Mickey, but I might want to go see Mickey, but I don't want to let anybody know that I do, or, um, you know, I, I really just want to go and ride the roller coasters and then hang out and get a beer. Like, you know, what, what's the deal? So, um, it's perfect. We're, we're glad to have um, somebody with experience in this age group. It's great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I may, I may act like a teenager, but I, I'm not one. So <laughs> I haven't been a teenager in a long time, but I still act like it when we go to Disney. <laughs> so, um, 
So right, so we want to talk a little bit about like what do you look for in a resort? Now I know that um, you're very partial to Boardwalk and you like to stay there, but what do you look for in a resort and how do um, your young adults play into that? What kind of consideration do you take? In a resort, I, you know, with if I were to stay at a um, value resort with my kids, like we would definitely have to get two rooms because you cannot, like they're just too big. Billy's six four, like Andrew doesn't want to sleep with his brother, and like you, Steve and I barely fit in a double bed, you know, like it. So it that room size definitely depends. And then um, I do also feel like you get a lot more from the moderate and deluxe resorts at Disney. And then moderate and deluxe also have like pool slides and things, fun things to do, and extra resort amenities. So I think that that is a definite consideration to make when you're traveling with teens or young adults. Now, do you think about the amenities like um, to, to the, I know the 18 year old maybe, but the 22 probably not. Do like one, do they want to go hang out at the arcade? Do they want to go spend time at the pool? Um, you know, what is their fun thing to do when they go at their ages? I mean, I think pool, definitely not arcade. Like that's like our generation, Alan. They have <laughs> And they have it all on their phone. So they're playing games on their phone and true, doing all that true. stuff on their phone and all that stuff. So they do not need the arcade. Like, I don't even think even at the boardwalk when we go, we you barely see anyone in the arcade. Now, you do see them at the competitive, like, silly little carnival games when they reopen. That's fun. Like, Billy always wins a big freaking thing that we have to travel home with <laughs> um, <laughs> through the basketball hoop. So... I don't know, like the things at Animal Kingdom, like the boys are, I have boys, so they're competitive. So I'm not talking to teen or young adult girls because I don't have that, you know, yeah. but um, yeah, so they're competitive and they also, so one of their other favorite resorts is Old Key West because they have like bicycles, basketball hoops, like all this sporting stuff that True. I don't need to do on a dizzy vacation, but they can go do while my husband and I are sitting at the pool with a cocktail. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. like um, at 18 and 22, do they like to hang out together still when they go or do they off want to go do their own thing? Do they like go, you know, to the basketball court and see if there's some people that they can get a game of hoops going with or, you know, what's their idea of fun? No, no. They pretty much hang out together and like they will, um, sometimes either if we go get a nice dinner somewhere, they might go to after hours somewhere or like when they had extra magic hours, we have sent them tons of times without us, uh, and just been like, go to extra magic hours. We're not going to go. We're going to go to down or downtown Disney or Disney Springs, whatever you want to call it. Um, and just go get a nice meal. Like it, it starts to be able to be a, a nicer vacation for the both ends the parents and the kids when they start to turn a little bit older now the 22 year old was only with us the last time so it was really fun to go around like epcot and like get a beer and like like experience all the fun adult things that happen and it was food and wine festival so we were able to just go to the little pavilions and like snack around the world so that was fun we love that. <laughs> That's one of our favorites. Yes, it's still going to be food and wine in, in October. <laughs> uh, Jenny, you have 
both your boys are really big into sports, correct? And fitness. Yes. Right. Yes. Do they ever take part or use utilize the uh, the fitness centers at any of the resorts? Yes. So Andrew, who is the hockey player, he has definitely gone down and used. It's called Muscles and Bustles, but it's at the Boardwalk Resort. But it's a really nice fitness center. It's not often crowded because a lot of people you're walking like ten to fifteen miles a day normally, or maybe yeah. less than that if you're not on like Ginny's pace of vacation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you are walking, you know, a lot of miles a day. So a lot of the adults, you know, feel like they have gotten. There are also a lot of really, really great running paths along the way for those that are training for the Disney run Disney and 5k or 10k and they have them all mapped out when you get there. So you can, you know, plan your fitness accordingly. Yeah. yeah so that's you true. Guys, we haven't really you... talked about that a whole lot about the running trails. Yeah. Most of the resorts have running trails and stuff too. That, that's a good point. Yeah. When, when you guys are not staying at the boardwalk, do you find, um, that maybe the fitness centers at a moderate or deluxe are a little better than the value, or do you think they're all kind of similar? Um, we have not gone to the fitness centers at the moderate, um, only at the deluxe, but I'm not sure how they are. I'm sure they have plenty. I know that at Universal, they were beautiful at the moderate ones. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you, I mean, you mentioned you guys stay at the boardwalk a lot. Um, that, to me, that that's a perfect place to stay if you're a runner, because you have that um, that walkway that goes all around the boardwalk and beach club area, Swan and Dolphin, and then you've also got the path that goes all the way to Hollywood Studios. So if you're a runner or you're just somebody that has to walk a certain you know miles per day or something, that that is the perfect place I feel like to to stay because it's just one big loop. Um, unless you go out to Hollywood studios, but uh, I mean, that's a 15, 20 minute walk. And I mean, you're, you're getting your steps in, you can run it, uh, you get a good pace. And it's, especially in the morning when it's nice and cool out, it's definitely a really good mm -hmm. run. Yeah. Before the we humidity have kicks been in there. Yeah. We have been there during run weekends and see a lot of people. We're just walking to Hollywood studios, but see a lot of people doing their like time and all that stuff. I'm not a marathon runner. I'm just going to do my first 5K in February. But um, we have seen a lot of people doing their times and stuff during a run weekend uh, prior to it when the actual run happens. So um, it's a great place to stay if you are a runner. That's a good resort. I know that um, the port Orleans Riverside and port Orleans French quarters have some pretty good paths all through there too. That are really nice. Yes. Yeah. And cause they've, they've got the bicycles, um, mm -hmm. three wheel bicycles that you can rent. Um, so the paths are wide enough for those things at least and other people to walk on. Um, yeah. so yeah, those are pretty good ones to run to. Same with old Key West. Like most, most of the resorts have a running path that you can do. I think, maybe not so much at the values, but more, more so at moderate and deluxe. Like there's usually a central like thing that you can go Track, along yeah. if you wanted to get your exercise in for sure. Yeah. But not sure about the gyms. So typically when we're booking for younger family or younger kids, um, people are always asking us, you know, is Epcot 
uh, suitable for my young child? And, you know, we think, yes, it, it is. Um, but as your kids get older, we feel like, you know, they're definitely more suited for just about any park. Do you feel like there's one park that's best suited for teens or young adults, or do you think they're all equal? I actually do feel like they are all equal. I was having a hard time, like, trying to figure out what park, like, if I only had one park to pick for a day. Um, and in my own heart, I would pick Magic Kingdom. There's thrill rides there. There's little kid stuff there. There's big kid stuff there. There's fireworks. There's uh, many things that we do enjoy there. But um, if I had to pick one park for the day, but if I had a, a planning group that I was doing for teens and young adults, I would definitely send them to all four parks in Walt Disney World and do a day or two at Universal because they have some pretty cool like technology stuff. Do you feel like there's enough for teens and young adults to do with the Magic Kingdom? I do feel like that, yes, because there's Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, you know, and they have to go across the entire park to get to that. So they there's definitely enough stuff, Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain. Um, you know, there's plenty of things for them to do. You know, my, my other go-to would probably be Animal Kingdom because, like, who doesn't love to go see animals that they haven't seen in, like, they might have never seen them before. And going on the safari and then Expedition Everest. And of course, Flight of Passage um, is just an amazing ride. They're going to want to go on that three or four times, which at this time you might be able to do. We did it (laughs) in August. So um, that was so cool. I feel like Magic Kingdom is one that you, um, you don't have to necessarily coach them into enjoying. It's probably based on preferences um but i I feel like yeah everybody is going to enjoy magic kingdom because they're all the rides that are there plus deep down they do i mean they're already there they are going to enjoy seeing mickey mouse they are going to enjoy meeting gaston and some of the other meets um so i i think they'll get over the i'm too cool for this once they're in the magic kingdom but right now i feel like the and then this just completely me, but I feel like Hollywood studios might be the best part geared for, for teenagers and young adults because of the thorough rides. Well, that's because also of toy story. So yes. Are they Harry Potter fans? Are they toy story fans? Are they star Wars fans? So like that would also base my judgment on where I would send somebody, of course. Yeah. And that's oh, not something points. we haven't touched much on, but Hollywood studios is a, is, is a really or not Hollywood studios. Universal studios is a really good park for your thrill seekers and your teenagers, young, young adults, which are in the Harry Potter stage for the most part. Uh, You do have some younger ones that are, you know, in the Harry Potter series right now, but uh, for the most part, it's teenagers, young adults that are really into the Harry Potter um, stuff. So those rides are good. Uh, The Jurassic Park rides that are going to be there. Um, But when it comes to Disney, I think like Hollywood studios, with the Star Wars, with the Toy Story, Tower of Terror, uh, Rock and Roller Coaster, um, those those are the ones that I think are going to touch uh, the buttons for a lot of the the teenagers and young adults. 
Yeah, I mean, like, video games, for sure, with Toy Story Midway Mania, like, they just freaking love it. They could go on it, like, 50 times. I'm like, my arm is tired. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I need to too, do it. Yeah. You need to break in between because your arm gets tired. But, oh yeah, God, I can do that multiple times. I don't know all those hacks and all that stuff that they know. And I'm like, I don't I don't know where the mouse is. <laughs> like, stuff like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I they definitely do well at Hollywood studios. It's a smaller park, but it's, it's gaining big grounds. Yeah. Especially with you, that galaxy's edge expansion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what do I think is the best one for teens? I, 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 I kind of with you guys that um, as your kids get older and they're able to kind of go off and do their own a little bit and maybe meet up later. Um, I, I don't think there's a park that's a bad thing for them. Um, you know, there, there's more, where they want to go. Yeah, there's more thrilling attractions coming in, more, um, I guess, a little more thrill ride attractions that are coming into most of the parks. Um, and I, I think there's something for everybody. Um, and I there's like really... when people will get into it and play with the characters. So go harass them. When, you know, take your teenage kid and go harass Gaston from... and see how he harasses you back. It's hysterical. <laughs> He's fun. Yeah. There, there's two separated... really big. Oh. Go ahead, Jenny. Go ahead. Oh, when they're separated from us, um, we usually look at, so in prior to these times, we would look at what hours had extra magic hours and be like, all right, you guys can go to that park and then we're going to go have a dinner wherever we wanted to and then like meet up later. Like, so, you know, they would be out, you know, till like sometimes one o'clock in the morning because that's what <laughs> they were. And that's what they the- do, right? the prior COVID situation, you know? Yeah. I was going to say there's two really big attractions that are coming soon that are going to be uh, huge hits with, I feel like with teenagers and young adults, and that's the guardians of the galaxy coaster and the Tron coaster. Yes. Both. I can't wait for both. I got some great pictures from the Tron coaster the last it looks amazing. And I haven't watched the Hong Kong video because I don't want to. I want to be surprised when it comes. Kind of like Hagrid. I didn't know what was going to happen there. I didn't watch it before we went. And last February was amazing. Very cool. So that kind of leads us. You were talking a little bit about um, letting your older kids go off and kind of do their own thing and having your own um, dinner and things like that. So that kind of leads us to the next point is, um, is there a meal plan that you think works for you or for this age group, or do you guys do a meal plan? What do you, what is your ideas on a meal plan with these guys? Typically we did not do a dining plan because we were Disney vacation club and we had a full refrigerator. So we would get groceries into our like home uh, when we went. But if I were staying in a resort without a refrigerator and all the, you know, accommodations that we get staying in a Disney vacation club villa, um, I would definitely do the Disney dining plan because it's like, so they're boys and they're going to eat a lot. Uh, You know, I don't think that you need the deluxe dining plan because that's just too much food (laughs) and you shouldn't be eating that much anyway. Yeah. But um, the Disney dining plan was definitely something that we would have done uh, had we not had the refrigerator and oven and all the stuff that we had in our accommodations. So do you cook when you go? Yes. You do? <laughs> yes. That's okay. That, that's a good answer. Like we, we like to know the options and um, to know that it's available. <laughs> we do. <laughs> so do you have groceries delivered and cook or 
What do you do? Yes. So sometimes we do Instacart. If we're taking Magical Express and not renting a car, if we're not going to like Universal or whatever, uh, we would do Instacart, which is a very minimal expense for their delivery. And they even deliver, you know, beer and wine and stuff, um, as well as everything that you would need for the week. So we get cases of water and snacks and we would get lunch meat, even pack our lunch sometimes. So, um, you know, a save. So you spend more on getting that accommodation, but then you save in the long run by getting mm -hmm. that. But um, yeah, so, I mean, for a mom, <laughs> one time when the kids were younger, they said, mommy, so a lot of times we'll go to Mexico and go to an all-inclusive, and they were like, mommy, what do you like better? And I'm like, well, Mexico, because I don't have to do anything. <laughs> like, and we don't have to go running around all over the place, like doing rides for you guys. But um, yeah, Disney's always been one of our loves. See, my thought was if you've got teens that are old enough to kind of go and do their own thing, I would think a dining plan would be great because yes. then they can just charge it to the room and they can get what they want. Yes. And you don't have to worry about yes. being there with them or have, making sure they have money or a card to use or anything like that. Um, I think it'd be a great option if you trusted your kids to go and do their own thing and then boom, they've got, you know, food and drinks and stuff kind of taken care of as well. Be a nice option. Yes. And yeah. now that well, they don't have a dining plan right now, but now that they're older, definitely that mobile order thing, they would love it. You know, mm -hmm. love it. My thinking is as, as often as teenagers eat, I would hate to just keep having to give them money just yes. to keep paying for food over oh and God. over again. And, and I'm not sure a quick service plan is enough for most teach, uh, teenagers. No. Yeah. So the standard is probably. I, yeah. So I would think that one meal, um, sit down meal, especially if it's a buffet, just let, let them load up so they're good for the rest of the day. And then if they need something later on, um, you still have the quick service meal and, and two snacks. So I, I always suggest a meal plan, no matter who is, you know, I'm planning a trip for. Um, but if they have teenagers, I definitely think it's a wise investment. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yes. I feel like if you're going with teenagers, you're never going to um, have extra snack credits when it's time to go home. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> you don't have enough. Use mine. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We, we burn through those when it's food and wine too, because a lot of those work at the food and wine booths. So the very first day so yeah. <laughs> yeah don't do epcot your first day if it's food and wine season so. brian that's exactly what we're doing <laughs> oh we are aren't we <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have a meal plan we don't have a meal plan we don't nope. have snacks credits to worry about nope, we're good so. <laughs> we're good so uh, all right, so let's move into the next question. Next question is like, what do you carry into the parks with you? What do you take with you? So you've kind of said you take some snacks and you take some lunch sometimes, but what typically do you carry with you? And does any of that particularly pertain to the kids? It only pertains to the weather, of course, because you want to check your weather 10 days out and like make sure that about the rain. And I check it daily to make sure, like, do we need umbrellas? Do we need rain jackets? Like. I usually always carry a backpack, but if we are going like a half a day to somewhere and then half a day somewhere else, like park hopping, we used to, um, if I didn't need to, I love not carrying a bag. 
Although bag check right now is very easy. They have, you just walk through with your entire bag. It's so nice. So now I don't care about carrying a bag. So we'll carry water and snacks and then um, umbrellas or rain jackets as needed. So do you do? Oh, oh, and now wipes and freaking hand sanitizer for when there's time. (laughs) If we sit down at a table and I have to wipe the table and all, you know. What about um, chargers? Because everybody's using their phones now and there's so many things with the, the My Disney Experience app and things. Are you carrying phone chargers oh, yeah. or cords? Um, so no, only one of those. Uh, I don't use the fuel rods, but they do have them in Walt Disney World. But I use you know, an external charger. I have it as a backup. But I feel like now the phones are much better equipped for lasting longer. Mm-hmm. Like we hardly used it. Yeah. Like I have a fuel rod I got because it's convenient to be able to swap it out. Um, the only thing with, to me with the fuel rod is you don't get, I don't know, they won't tell you how much power they really are. So you might get one full charge oh. on an iPhone um, before you have to swap it out. So we, I also carry um, a, a regular charger that we have that will usually yes. charge at least two phones um, once yes. before it dies. It just has a little more oomph to it. Um, but the convenience of the fuel rods is really nice as well. Be able to swap them out. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, well, I do carry one. It's like credit card sized, and I mm. got it from like a convention thing that my husband went to. Yeah. And, there's so and many then out you, there just now. The, you just have to have the extra charger with you, and it will charge the phone fully. So mm-hmm. I charge that every night, and our phones every night, and you know all the other that's, that's, that's one of the good things about this age group is they don't they can carry their own stuff mm-hmm. and they don't require a whole lot of stuff either i mean yeah it's fuel uh external chargers fuel rods um that's just about it for the most part uh ponchos which i feel like her the girls typically will probably want the ponchos the boys have feel like you know most of them are, I'm too tough for rain. I don't need poncho. I'm going to look stupid in it. And, you know, but I think no, they don't, we don't really understand how much it rains in Florida. <laughs> exactly. Um, we mm-hmm. carry umbrellas when we know that it's going to be like a 90% chance of rain because they keep you the driest. Like you don't want your head and your face wet. The rest of your body, it's going to get wet anyway. Um, so we carry umbrellas and then sometimes a rain jacket or like something to go over your top of your body, the bottom of your body is going to get wet no matter what. Yeah. I'd I'd be more, I'd be more inclined to wear a rain jacket than, than carry an umbrella around with me. Um, And I know Blaine, I mean, of course he's not, he's 10. He's not, he's not in this age. Even a hat with a brim. Well, you guys wear hats. So like the vibe, like at least to get it off your face, like getting wet with rain just sucks. (laughs) But Blaine, Blaine's all about hoodies and it doesn't, it can be a hundred degrees outside and he'll wear a hoodie. So oh I, yeah, he'd be good with the poncho because <laughs> it's yeah, kind of right. the same thing, but I, I don't know. Like I, I don't do umbrellas in the parks because I don't want to keep up with it. Um, so I'll, I'll take a drain jacket or a poncho, but like I said, so it's we'll just take- nice that you don't have to carry anything with you really all that stuff. Fits so it, in your looked, it looked really bad when we were supposed to go in August and we only had uh, two days where I carried the umbrellas in the backpack because, and we only got rain. Well, we got rained on twice. So, 
See, we I don't typically carry an umbrella, but um, Mark has hearing aids. And um, so we do carry we an umbrella for wet. him. Yeah. So if, if it's raining and pouring, um, he'll pop the umbrella out just because it helps keep more of the rain off his head and off his ears away from his hearing aids. Um, but he does carry a, a, like a Ziploc bag or anything like that. If it gets too wet, too soaked, or if we do a water ride, um, you know, he'll put them in a Ziploc bag. But for the most part, yeah. I, I do carry ponchos just because um, sometimes if it rains early enough in the day and you start off soaked, um, yeah, it doesn't make for a fun day. If it rains later in the afternoon, it's usually not as big a deal. But um, sometimes it rains in the morning. I, I'd rather be as dry as possible. Um, you know, as long as you can, because at some point it's probably going to rain again. And it's Florida. It rains pretty much every day, um, at least for a little bit. So don't be discouraged by that. It's just, it's part of the Florida climate. It rains, it'll pass, and things will come back. Usually you, dry you out pretty the, quickly. <laughs> yeah. You you mentioned the Ziploc bags, and um, I forgot that I, will, I, I uh, kept one from a Splash Mountain uh, trip one time. And so I'll take my little Splash Mountain Ziploc bag with me to put my phone in um, and my chargers when I'm walking around because, you know, like you said, you don't want them getting wet and they pass them out or they used to pass them out for Splash Mountain so you could keep your phones dry. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's one thing that I do take. And, you know, if I had teenagers, I would probably make sure each one of them had one because they're going to want to ride the water rides. Like they're going to want to ride Splash Mountain. They're going to want to ride um, Cali River Rapids. So, I mean, we all know how wet you get on Cali River Rapids. And even Pirates and Frozen in certain seats, you get a little wet. Mm-hmm. So if your phone's in your pocket and you're on one of those sides, you know, that the water comes over the side a little bit, those seats get a little damp. And, it, I mean, if it's in your right-hand pocket or your left-hand pocket, depending on what side of the boat you're on, you know, there's a good chance that it might get wet. And there's not any rice at Disney World that I'm aware of. <laughs> well, I guess there is at Yak and Yeti. Yeah, you can okay. go in Yak and Yeti and get some. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like they dialed all that down. Like they can dial it up or dial it down at any time. So you're not getting as wet on Splash Mountain as you typically would um, because of COVID. Same thing on uh, Pirates and Frozen. Like it's just, they, they don't want, so at Universal, they are doing stuff for water rides. Like you don't have to wear your mask and all that stuff. Uh, so I feel like they have dialed it down, but that, I mean, that's fine. It's still a great ride and you still feel like, oh my God, I don't want to get wet when you go down the, the Splash Mountain, but, um, you know, that's all. Mm-hmm. True. All right, so moving on, Jenny, um, you have mentioned a couple of times that you let your kids roam free. And of course at that, you know, 18 and 22, it's perfectly acceptable to do that. At what age did you feel comfortable allowing them to be free without you guys in a park and then at what age did you allow them to park hop without you so in a park it was probably like uh so i had three boys and they were like um two years apart were the first two and then four from the the youngest one um and so i feel like at like 10 we were in the park and be like, oh, okay, you guys can go on Splash Mountain. We're just going to chill out over here or whatever. And, but they also didn't, we didn't have cell phones then. And now every 10 year old <laughs> definitely has a cell phone. 
Um, so I feel like it could be a lot easier. We, I, I don't even know. We, my kids knew the parks because we went often because we were DVC. We went once a year. And so they knew their way around the park, uh, but they did not have cell phones then. So at 10, they could come meet us and be, we're going to be outside of wherever. And they could, they knew where we were going to be. Um, I feel like 13 was when we were like, okay, the oldest one could take the other two to a park and get home safely. 13, 14, maybe. I, I don't even know what age it was because, uh, you know, it, it might have been older than that because of cell phone stuff. You know, like now yeah. you can get in touch with your kid. Like now they have gizmos and stuff where little kids have um, things that you can get in touch with them. So I, I feel like it's not as much of an issue. Well, that's I one remember. thing that we haven't really touched touched on with the cell phones is that, yes, a lot of younger kids have cell phones nowadays. And if you're all on a family plan, like we use iPhones in my family, um, everybody that's on my plan has got to find my iPhone. So, you know, my mother's on my plan and I know if I can never not get a hold of her or something goes wrong, you know, I can try to find my iPhone and see where she is, um, you know, in the parks. I think that would be great to kind of keep an eye on your kids if you've got that going on. Um, make sure they're where they said they were going to go, things like that. Um, but just to kind of keep an eye on them, make sure they're, you know, not going, not, not going out of the park or doing something else. Um, you know, that's a pretty cool idea, something to think about. Yeah, and, and Disney Cruise Line has one um, where you can have a phone. Um, the, the, the adults have a phone where they walk around with and the kids can call it from the kids club and say, hey, can you come pick me up or anything like that? So um, that's a neat concept on the on the ships. But, you know, walking around the parks, um, I remember when I was a kid growing up, we would either go to Opryland, which was in the theme park here in, in Nashville, um, one of the Six Flags or Kings Island. Um, about when I was probably in my teenage years, so like late middle school, early high school, uh, my parents would just look and kind of let us roam free and say, meet back here at this time. I do feel like it's a different time. The parks are a lot busier. And as we've kind of seen, the world's a little bit crazier. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'd be a little more skeptical at a younger age now, 10 to 13, 14, maybe of letting them kind of wander off, you know, even if they have a buddy about the same age, because it's just, you just don't know. So to all those parents who are like, no, I won't let my kids go free. You know, I understand it. Yeah. There's um, like sure. mask and all that stuff yeah. going on now. So like Blaine, and sanitizing and all of it. Yeah. Blaine does not have a cell phone. He's 10. He does not have a cell phone. I do not have any plans of getting him one anytime soon. I don't <laughs> think he needs it because if he's not with us, he's at school basically, or, or with, you know, a family member uh, or a close friend. Um, so I, I don't know at what age I'll feel comfortable with letting him walk around the park with somebody his age. Cause he's, he's, it'll be a while before I let him and Abigail go wander around the parks by themselves because Abigail's three years younger than he is. Well, um, no, I wouldn't let that either. So, so, you know, maybe when she's 12 and he's 15, 16, something like that, but I, that's a tough call to make. And, you know, I wouldn't fault any parent for saying, you know, we're going to stick together because we're a family and it's a family mm -hmm. vacation. 
But then I also don't see anything wrong with if you trust your children and you have a plan of letting them roam free for a little while. I, I, I definitely for because every them. kid's different. Some kids yeah. are much more mature. Like I, I have a family member, uh, my oldest niece, I'd be totally fine with that. Uh, maybe one or two of the other ones, maybe they need to stay with their family a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not mentioning any the of their same. names, but just saying. Um, I think the same, like our kids had been to Disney world um, several times before that, like we let them do that. And so they already knew the, where the bus was going to be and where, what number it was going to be and where you could get in touch with us, like all of that stuff. So I, I, but you know, even if they got lost in Disney world, kids they don't get lost. Parents do. Find, yes. The, ki- the kids would find their way home. <laughs> yeah. And I think the magic number at Disney is 13. So I think um, if you actually check the guides, it says, you know, uh, minors must be with somebody 13 or older to experience many of the attractions. Yeah. So I believe 13 is kind of the random magic number that Disney has chosen. Yeah, yeah. So parks. I said 10 in the parks with the other siblings, but they knew where they were, where we were. And then the 13 was like going on the buses and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I didn't I realize I didn't realize Disney Disney had a number, and I think it's kind of funny that they chose thirteen, considering they use thirteen for a lot of other stuff. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> if you check some of the park guide maps, I believe it's like you know miners must be you know or riders must be with somebody thirteen or older to experience this attraction, or you know over a certain height, thirteen or older. Um, it's kind of in the fine print, but. So what about park hopping? What age do you guys feel like it's appropriate to? Because it, it's one thing to be in the same park with them because you're within a couple minutes walk. Mm-hmm. But it's I feel like it's a completely oh, different same. thing to be 13. in a completely separate like, park. 13 to be able to use transportation, park hopping, everything. But you have to be familiar with, like you can't be on your first trip and let them do that. If you're on yeah. your first trip, maybe 15, 16. Yeah, and I think, again, it all depends on the, the kid and how mature and responsible they are or not. Um, I, I don't think there's a, a number you could say, oh, well, you know, you're 13, go ahead. Uh, I think it all depends on, you know, your child and what they're capable of and what their, you know, level of responsibility is that if you think they can do this, uh, you know, it, it, it's a different world a lot of times. Um, but I think, you know, that that's totally a judgment call. But I, you know, I agree. I don't think I would let my, you know, 10-year-old nieces you know, hop on a bus and go to Animal Kingdom if we were at the Magic Kingdom, um, you know, but if they were 14 or 15, I'd be a lot more, a, a lot more in tune to do that, especially if there were two or three of them in a group, personally. I think that's all judgment call. Yeah. Like I said, I remember being dropped off in amusement parks when I was like 13, 14, 15, and my mom being like, I'll come back at five o'clock and pick you up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yep. So. Junior high, and you go to Six Flags and get dropped off, and you're there all day by yourself, your friends. Yep. Good old so, days. <laughs> um, what about like character meals and parades and shows and things like that? How much attention do you pay to those when you're trying to plan and your kids are teenagers and young adults? 
So those are something you just throw in. If something's not a long line, you just go do it. Of course, everyone wants to see Mickey. But one of the things that we have done is the Dizzy Visa card where in Epcot and Hollywood Studios, you get there's a separate room for the Visa card holders. Mm -hmm. And then you get to see it's usually the fab ones in Epcot. Like it's Mickey or Minnie or Goofy Pluto. It's them, and it's open from like one to four or something like that. Epcot, and then uh, Hollywood Studios is Star Wars characters, but they don't. Mm-hmm. Of course, none of them are open right now. But uh, so those we definitely do. And then if if something's not long, we'll go freaking wait in line and you know go see a character or two. Um, but it's not something Andrew, you plan for that when you're dealing no, with them, right? No, we do not plan that at all. We're like, oh. The line's only 10, 15 minutes for blah, blah, blah. And like we had a member magic uh, night at Epcot for Disney Vacation Club. And I dragged the boys in to see Elsa and Anna. And like they were fine with it, but (laughs) they actually, they interact really well, the princesses do. So I thought it was great. Yeah, the characters will... um totally interact based on how you interact with them, which Brian yeah. and I've talked about. We've got a whole like how how to have a great character interaction episode we want to do. Yes. Um, but they they play to the little kids, they play to the bigger kids and you know. Yes. You know, they'll, they'll oh, talk they right great. to them and yeah. And we also to try to if we are in line and there's little kids in line, we try to not spend very much time. We just go in, get our picture, say hi, give them a hog and then just leave because we don't want to waste anyone else's time seeing the characters. Cause we know the little kids want to see the characters and then we feel bad because we want the little kids to see it. So we want a little picture. We want a hog and then we just say bye. We we've heard that a couple times on the um, podcast too. We're like, Oh, I feel bad because you know, we're taking up too much of their time or whatever, but the characters will politely let you know when it's time to move along. If they feel like you spent too yes. much time. No, um, we don't, we don't yeah. do that. We're like, Oh my God. Hi. Bye. Like, thank you. You're great. Yeah. You but know? you don't have to worry as much. They, like I said, they're, they're pretty good at, you know, if it's been a, a long time, they'll move you along. And especially um, in the way they do them now in these controlled environments, typically where they're in a room and you go in the room and meet them. It's a lot yes. more controlled and they have a lot more opportunity to spend a little more time with people than they did when they were out roaming through the park, getting mobbed. Yes. Are there any shows or, or character meets that you think that they have to do when they go? Like in their minds, is it something that they're like, I have to do this, like the Lion King show or... Uh, um, well, yeah, you know, Lion Max. King show for sure was like they grew up with that. Um, but... Like, I feel like Andrew doesn't, but Billy loves that one. Um, they like Indiana Jones, of course, because that's kind of cool. And then, like, you could stand up and try to be the extra. Um, the bird show that uh, what was up, I don't even know what it's called now, Bird Encounter, I think, because they <laughs> took up out of it, too. Um, that's cool, because then you could maybe get the bird to get the dollar out of your finger. Um <laughs> What else? Not Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I, I, I feel like, like fire, there's... The, all the fireworks at night times. Like, night, even Fantasmic. I think Philly knows, 
Billy knows the moves to like Mickey's dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that one. I think he knows the moves to it, and I try to make him do it, and he gets embarrassed, and they won't do it. But I, <laughs> anyway. So yeah, like we love all the nighttime spectaculars, of course. Not so much Rivers of Light. <laughs> I I feel like they're at the age where they can appreciate the art of the show a little bit better. Yes. Um, especially like Indiana Jones. Oh, but um, and the Christmas parade. That one for sure. When we had tickets to Mickey's Christmas party. Absolutely. Every time the wooden soldiers, Santa coming, like they still would love it. Okay. Nice. It's good to be a kid. Yeah. And act like one too, especially there. So, um, when you guys part, uh, plan your days, do you find yourself? I mean, and now of course it's completely different with the park hours and everything. But typical vacations, do you find that you guys sleep in a little bit more and not rope drop as much as you did when they were younger? Since teenagers typically like to sleep in, or do they yes. get up at six o'clock and have to rope drop? No, it depends. So on certain days, we would get up and rope drop. But on days when there would be extra magic hours till like midnight, we would stay till park closing like and just do it because people would always leave with their little kids and stuff. And so you could get on everything and then you sleep in the next day and then maybe go to the pool in the morning and go to a park like later in the day. Um, but now it's a little bit different. Um, so not sure what we would do. I mean, there. I felt like in this last trip, I mean, we rope, not, I wouldn't say rope dropped because it's different now. Um, but we scurried along a little bit on rope drop. <laughs> so. This is a rope drop fair. nowadays is almost lunchtime. So <laughs> you know. yeah, rope drop at Epcot is uh, 11 or 12, depending on the day. 11, 11. Yeah. And I think it's going to 12 in the fall. We were standing outside. That's when my temperature went up. Standing outside August. <laughs> Waiting for Epcot to Before 11 o'clock. And there was like a, a uh, it was by where the boats were. It was covered over. But we were outside of where that cover was. So I'm in the sun and I'm like sweating. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm never going to make this temperature check. <laughs> and then they did the one behind my ear, so. Like, oh my gosh, it's 11. I need my German grapefruit beer. Open the gates. <laughs> oh my God, I never had one. Steve got it and I tried it. And I was like, oh my God, it's so good. That's real. I love yeah. the grapefruit beer over there. And there's a lobster roll in America that's to die for. Love it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get True. one in October. True. Some of the uh, food and wine tables are really good this year. They're always good. There's too many good things mm -hmm. in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There. All right. Well, I'm kind of interested in seeing what kind of other common issues you guys run into when booking for teens and young adults. Because one that I always get is, you know, I've got this kid who thinks they're too cold, too cool, or way too old to go to Disney World. And at that point, I feel like you just have to prep them for everything that's there that they can do or that they might enjoy as all the thrill rides like this. We touch on the Star Wars, um, the, the you know, Galaxy's Edge. Um, 
there's there's a lot that teenagers and young adults would enjoy that they just don't know they will enjoy so i feel like you know when you're planning for those you got to really put those out there in front of them to, for the parents or whoever's booking the trip to really say you know we'll look at this but um i don't know how do you guys how do you guys deal with somebody who feels like they're too old or too cool to go to disney world i feel like it's a case-by-case basis because if they are in if they're big harry potter fans of course i would send them to universal um but if they're star wars fans i would send them to um hollywood studios but then if they're like a technological family i think i would also send them to universal because they have more like you know up-to-date technological rides um but then of course come back to disney i would split their trip if that were the case but it's a case-by-case basis you have to know what the family is into and then plan their trip accordingly. Um, you can't just say, oh, we're well, gonna go to Disney World and then like this kid is not gonna like it. Yeah, I think uh, it, it, Brian and I've talked before about kind of the interview process and, and getting to know people um, and helping to plan for the vacation and trying to set the expectations and finding out uh, you know, what each person's kind of favorite things are. Uh, and I think that helps drive you to them. So, all right, maybe you're too cool that you don't want to go and see the Beauty and the Beast show, but maybe you want to see Indiana Jones. Maybe you want to pilot the Millennium Falcon. Um, you know, there. I feel like there is a pretty good mix of um, things for just about everybody. So um, I, I will tell you, my youngest niece, um, since not long after being able to talk, will tell you that she wants to be um, a paleontologist when she grows up. And she's all into the dinosaurs. And so... Um, being able to talk to some of the animal trainers and things when we were at Animal Kingdom, you know, some of the folks that are um, in the the walking areas where you can go in and see the meerkats and things like that and talking to some of the folks that were there doing some of the spiels. And um, she was really getting into that. She, she thought that was pretty cool. Um, so there's just so many different things. It's really for us as planners to get to help know your clients and what are they really into. You know, if they're a sports fan, great, maybe we can hook them up uh, with some ESPN zone things going on over there. Um, if they are animal lovers or they, you know, they want to be a biologist or anything like that, there's always Animal Kingdom. Um, if they're super into technical details, then maybe we look at one of the VIP tours that does more of the behind the scenes things that's going to give them some more information. There's so many different things you can do um, to kind of zero in and make sure that everybody has a good trip. Um, it's just trying to get to know that that individual's kind of hot button issues um, of what what they're interested in and helping to find those things. There's a lot of great things out there. Yeah, and you, you touched on it. Um, if you have a thrill seeker, you can always book a VIP package to where all you do is the thrill rides in all four parks all day long. Um, you know, and, and go that route. And yep. I mean, that's something that's something adults would lo- love as thrill seekers. Um, that's something teenagers would love because then you you're not doing the um, the Winnie the Pooh, uh, you know, or uh, some of the character meets that the parents try to force on, you know, the kids because it's cute. They they did it when they were five and now you're 20. We got to do it again. We got to recreate that moment. Um, you, you cut some of that stuff out and just do thrill rides all day long. So, you know, VIP tour would be a, a, a very good option for some of them. And like I said, some of those behind the scenes tours are pretty cool. 
Um, yeah. You know, if, if again, if you've got somebody that's into horticulture and, you know, things like that, the behind the seeds tour at the land is very, very cool. There's so many great things you can do. I don't think I've had too many people that have said they're too cool to go. Um, yeah. I think they like to play it off like they are, but they're actually kind of having fun and excited. I'm too cool to wear a character shirt. I'll tell you that. So. <laughs> October's <laughs> coming, Brian. <laughs> and I don't have a character shirt to wear. So. Uh, you might. Uh, I have gear <laughs> shirts and ear shirts. That's 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 enough to cover. Uh, no, I, I've kind of actually come around a little bit to that uh, because we match our shirts sometimes for uh, different exactly. parts and different pictures and stuff. Um, but there was a point where I was too cool for that in my head. I was like, nope, not doing it. Um, and it was like we've talked about before. This is your vacation. Who cares what other people think? I care what other people thought. And <laughs> so, yeah. Although at that time, I probably still had my mullet. So it was probably... <laughs> Well, you were Stupid right of me to in, sit there and <laughs> the, in the mix, Brian. You were right yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. So we've kind of alluded a little bit. Um, I guess we can say a little more at this point. Um, so at the moment, uh, we're actually booked to go to Disney World in the middle of October from the 14th to the 19th. So we're going to be doing some fun things from the parks while we're there. Um, Brian and I are going... Uh, as a gears trip, ears trip without family, so we can do some uh, uh, reconnaissance and let you know how it's going down there. Like Jenny's already been down um, since the reopening, is giving you a lot of great tips about how things are going. But we're going to get some more information, and uh, I believe we're actually going to try and do uh, at least one or two, um, possibly live episodes while we're down there. So kind of looking forward to that too. Um, pay, uh, stay tuned for more information coming on that. But we got some cool things coming you for you. You think we can do a live episode of you commenting um, or commentating me trying to tackle a kitchen sink <laughs> by myself? I bet, I bet we could. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a pretty cool episode. We can take uh, take bets to see how far I can finish. <laughs> at what, at I what have time never done do one, so up? that's good. We have to go over and try it. Got to go try it. <laughs> I'm down. Um, All right. Um, any other tips or anything that you can think about traveling with? you know, teenage, young adults, anything comes to mind? I mean, not really. I feel like um, the parents who are booking the trip, it, it's just going to depend on what they tell you about their kids. That's going to make your, make their trip special. So I feel like the parents who are booking it or asking you about it, are going to be the ones who are going to give you the most information about their kids that you're going to be able to tailor it to. But I mean, I do have a lot of information about, you know, how safe it is there, how we felt when we were there. So if you'd like me to touch on that, I can too. I think we've gotten through a lot of that, but um, yeah, yeah I, I think a little bit is, um, I don't know about you, Brian, is, is having a bit of a plan but being flexible because especially at kids that age, I think they're going to want to, their minds will change quickly when they see things. So. Yeah. I, I think the most, the, the age group you need to be the most flexible with is your infants and toddlers age group um, because of their schedules and their, their bodies and, you know, just the way that 
they go about their daily lives. Um, but then I think the older group, um, this, this teenager and young adult group is uh, right there behind it because like you said, they, they may think, you know, I'm, I don't want to do that. It doesn't look all that fun or, you know, interesting. And then they get out there and they're like, Oh yeah, I, I kind of want to do that. Um, and then, the, you know, as far as characters, things go, they're living in the moment. So they may be like, I'm completely not wanting to do this. I don't care about seeing Mickey. But then the next thing you know, they've got ears on they're, you know, wearing a Mickey shirt. They've got an autograph book and they're in line, you know, I got to meet Mickey. Um, so yeah, I think be flexible, but then when you, it comes to booking, I think parents or whoever it is, is booking it need to understand this vacation is, is about your family and is about, um, everybody and they're still kids. So it's still about them, but I don't think you can try to force anything on them. Um, True. you know, the more you try to force at this age, it, Disney, not Disney, anything, the more you try to force, the more rebellious they're going to get. I mean, that's just the way teenagers are. Um, exactly. So, you know, they know what's best for them. Um, so I think there's a lot of compromise, a lot of give and take um, with this age group going on a vacation and you got to find that middle ground, like Jenny said earlier in the episode of, you know, keeping both sides happy and making sure everybody has a, a good vacation. Absolutely. And flexibility is really kind of key to everybody. I mean, have a plan, but be flexible, be able to change and um, see what else pops up. Sometimes you never know. Yeah. I mean, we know what we happens. Change to the best on the plans. Yeah. We've changed on the dime sometimes when they've been older, like, okay let's do this like doesn't matter and yeah. i feel like sometimes those older kids that might think they're too cool to go back to disney again um like brian is saying you kind of get there and you get in the moment and you're like oh i do remember peter pan from you know a little kid i, I kind of want to do that again um so you get surprised sometimes about what comes out of people when they're there especially when you start talking hidden mickeys and all the little um gems that are hidden in some of the rides and queues and things that that really piques their interest like oh i can find that how many can you find or Mm -hmm. there's something hidden here but i'm not going to tell you what it is you know and see if you can see if you can find it um there's i'll tell everybody about the easter egg in little mermaid for incredible mr limpet and good luck finding him i know where he is (laughs) good luck finding him he's in there and that's just it i mean like you know there's ways to pique their interest and get them, you know, challenge that inner authority of them. We're like, Oh, I can show you, you know, or mm-hmm. I can do this. Like I can, I, there, there's a chance for me to, to show how competitive I am here. Um, even though I am at Disney world or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, you gotta be flexible. You can't stick to your plan necessarily every time because the weather's going to change it. Um, you know, a ride shutting down for some reason or another is going to change it. Um, you, you're going to, you know, your meal's going to run later than you anticipated. Um, so you, you definitely got to be flexible. Yep. I think, I think we should do that. We should come up with our Easter egg uh, hunt list for Easter eggs in the parks. We could. We I got a couple could. other ones I remember too that people don't think about. There's a good one in the um, Haunted Mansion right before you go into the stretching rooms. When you first go into the round room before the stretching room opens, if you look at the fireplace, down at the fireplace grill, there's actually an owl's face in that fireplace grill looking at you. Nobody yep. looks down at the fireplace grill very often, but yeah. Yep. Well, now I've, I've you just it. walk right through, so. True. The, the first, you can the see first it on time I, 
I was going to say, the first time I saw it, I heard about Hidden Donald, and I was sitting there thinking, yes, I was looking at it. Yes, the Donald chair. Well, and I didn't realize it was the chair. I was thinking, maybe I was like, is that fireplace, the Hidden Donald that everybody talks about? And of course, I was wrong, but <laughs> it, made me, it made me look for it. There's a hidden Tinkerbell outside of uh, Big Thunder Mountain in the rocks. Really? I didn't mm -hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. Very These cool. are all the fun things. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So uh, we were just a fun fact, you know, another thing traveling with the older kids, uh, Bill and I were waiting for Steve around uh, Rapunzel's like by the bathrooms by, by Rapunzel. And I'm like, Oh, did you know that there's hidden Pascal's around here? And he didn't know. And so we were like trying to find all the hidden Pascal's, which were cute. There, you know, I, like the hidden I, I, I like yeah. the hidden Pascals um, and the, the Remy's when they have them out at Epcot. It's, it's a mm -hmm. fun little, you know, 10 minute activity to try to try to do while you're maybe waiting for your fast pass or something. Now there's not fast pass. <laughs> nope. Nope. And I, I'm one of those that I'd be interested in and it wouldn't hurt my feelings if they didn't come back. So. <laughs> I think they will at some point. There's there's too much. Yeah, in it. Mm -hmm. I think they. Yeah, I think they will too. It might not be too much longer. So um, we got some kind of news things and some things to recap here about what's been going on and what we've been uh, finding out about lately. Um, so what kind of news and things do we have? Um, one we can tell you is that uh, you know due to the social distancing that's been out there, um, Savi's workshop has not been open to build custom lightsabers because you know they take about, I don't know what's it, about 20 or 25 people into the room at a time. Um, and so they've kind of kept that closed right now. It's close quarters and you're in there for a little while. Um, but the, the custom lightsabers are reopening at Savvy's workshop. So very shortly, the builders will be inviting you back in if you would like to go to your custom lightsaber. Um, I can tell you that we went for my birthday in February and my brother and I built custom lightsabers. Um, I'm not a kid by any means. And my brother's only about four years younger than I am, you know, but we grew up with Disney and I mean, we grew up with star Wars and, um, it was really cool. Um, my brother actually built a custom lightsaber and he may have gotten one from doc Ondar's as well. I only built my own. Um, I left with one lightsaber because <laughs> I didn't want to come home and be divorced. <laughs> Just saying, um, <laughs> no, uh, but it, it was a lot of fun. So that's really cool that that's coming back. We're excited to see that coming back. Uh, it is an expensive yeah. experience, but if you're a true fan, um, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I do have mine hanging on the wall right here behind me. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things I have to take out and show all the, the neighbors and they show up or when guests come over, like, look at my lightsaber. And it's uh, not, it's not it's cheap. I, like, it, and they're not made cheaply either. Like you think no. that these are the real cheap plastic things are going to break now i mean they are breakable um yes. but they're not they're not going to break by just swinging them gently around like you know you're a jedi um, right you actually have to hit them pretty hard to break them so i really don't feel like for the price that you're paying is that outrageous because it's something that is going to last yep as long as you're you know semi-careful with it if you drop well, the, it again it's not it's more than likely not going to break but if you yeah. slam it down or you swing it around and you hit the ceiling fan or whatever, yeah, you're, you're probably going to break it. But the hilts, I mean, it's, all it's, the pieces that you put together that you get to pick are metal. 
So they are metal pieces and it. So it's got a good heft to it. Um, and then the lightsaber sword part um, is a, a really heavy duty plastic. So I, before we did it, I was watching people to see how um, sturdy they are. And there was a guy actually online that bought one and wanted to see how sturdy they were. And he literally took it out and beat it against a tree in his backyard. And it did some damage, but it still worked. Like it, it dented and kinked up a little bit, but it, it did not destroy it. Um, I will tell you that uh, my brothers um, might have accidentally come in contact with the concrete without the lightsaber blade in it while we were there. Um, and it, it did kind of put a little gouge in one of the points of the metal because he did one of those that has kind of points on it and he took it back and they replaced it for him so and yours yours was the that same that was way. pretty amazing like, he, he, like you had to have had a problem with the switch. replaced and they and yeah. they did uh you know they they were very good about it like i was there with you and you walked in you basically said here's what's wrong with it and i mean they took care of you yeah i had a, a really loose activator switch um and it would kind of turn itself on and off in the case so um i took it back and showed him and they were like, oh, let's take this back and, uh, you know, see what Doc Ondar says about this. And then they came back out later and it had been repaired. So uh, and I love how they I love how they put it on there. It's like, you know, he was the one fixing it. Exactly. <laughs> they do some really cool things. Um, um, yeah. But that, that's what about the neat. robots. Can you can you build robots yet? I don't remember reading that part. I believe they were open because um, the yes. new the Droid Depot is open because the new um, gift card that you can get in Galaxy's Edge is only available there. So um, I know we didn't have that on our list of things to talk about, but there is a um, Black Spire Outpost gift card that you can get and they were bronze and it's like a metal coin. So it looks like the coin that they use in Black Spire Outpost, the, the uh, currency that they use. Um, it was $100, but you got to keep the metal coin. Uh, it has a barcode on the back and it's a gift card. You can basically use it anywhere where they can scan the gift card on Disney property um, and you could reload it and keep using it as a gift card, but everybody was buying them to get the coin as a souvenir. Um, so now they've actually started charging a $5 activation fee to get the coin. Um, and then you have, you know, whatever the value is that you put on, on the gift card. Um, and now they're coming out with a second wave of those. And so instead of the kind of goldish copper one that was available before, there's a silver one that's now available. So, I'm sure all the collectors will be out there running to get that. And the only place you could get it at the moment is at the Droid Depot. And you know where it's going to be next year? This is just my my thinking. The Mandalorian one. Oh, very possible. <laughs> very possible. Because that's coming up in a few weeks. Yeah. Which the trailer's out. I haven't watched it and I'm not going to. I didn't either. The trailer is out. I saw uh, that. Uh, we have some park hours uh, being affected, right, Jenny? Yes, um, so they have reduced park hours and it is, hold on one second. Um, most parks close by seven. It's nine to six Magic Kingdom, 11 to seven Epcot, um, nine to seven Hollywood studios and eight to five, or I'm sorry, nine to five um, Animal Kingdom. And um, they've just reduced the hours because they're, I think they're kind of tracking the number of yeah. people that go on how many rides and like 
everyone's getting a good bang for their buck, so they're kind of reducing the park hours by yeah. that standard. Yeah, and this is they're all only for... at, like a level one park attendance. Yeah. So, yeah, this is all for the fall season and the winter winter months coming up. Um, but it's expected and I mean, Disney is doing a lot of tracking. Like you said, Jenny, they're, they're tracking how many people are riding rides, what time people are coming in, what time people leave. I mean, it's, it's constant tracking just to, to be on top of the best way, you know, to be efficient, um, through this COVID period. And I mean, we, we've expected the times to change. They've changed a couple of times already. And, you know, this may not be the final one, um, I don't have a problem with it because you're still getting, you know, eight, 10 hours of part time, um, you know, for a lot of At these. low and, levels. Yeah. And so you're still getting through your day um, with, with time to repeat a lot of rides and attractions. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't really see it being a problem and I don't think Disney would have done it unless they felt like it was still possible to do everything. Um, which also tells me that they may not be increasing attendance as much as they, you know, we, we thought they might be um, because if you're going to increase attendance, I don't think you'd be cutting hours. Correct. I think so. So that's another thing I was just going to say right along the lines of that is um, oh, I've been kind of paying attention in the last two weeks um, since Labor Day. Um, it looks like attraction lines are growing a little bit during the day. Now they're still definitely not, pre-COVID lines. You're still going to be able to get a whole lot done um, in much shorter waits. But the wait times are going up a little bit. So I feel like we're starting to see no, a I bit think of an they are. Attendance. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so I would not be surprised if attendance continues to grow, if those hours get lengthened back up a little bit. I would totally not be surprised yeah. if they change by the time we get to November, October. Yeah. And we had an agent in the park on Labor Day, uh, over Labor Day weekend, when every park reached max capacity according to the park wow. reservation system. And she said that um, they rode Flight of Passage. They walked on it three times in one day, just, just walked right on it. And that was at max capacity um, on a weekend. So it's still not that, you know, that busy. And, you know, the wait times are going up a little bit. I think some of that may have to do with a lot of repeat riders. Um, yep. You know, you you do have some more annual pass people in the parks now that you didn't have previously. Um, but it's still, I mean, 10, 15 minute wait for your favorite attraction. That's normally an hour long. I will ride it five times just to get my hours worth of, the, you know, normal wait time in. So, right. Yeah. And to be able to do some of those attractions two, maybe three times a day that you normally would be able to only do once a trip, you know, we're talking flight of passage. Sometimes if you, you know, if you want to get a fast pass for flight of passage and you're able to, um, that may be the one and only time you ride flight of passage that trip because the lines typically are pretty long for standby and you don't want to wait once you have a fast pass. But now if you could do it, you know, two or three times in a day, you know, it, it might be worth waiting in that slightly longer line, but definitely, you know, um, that's uh, to mention what I say, what I said before, um, it was an older crowd, like not a lot of young kids when we were there, but I feel like this would be the perfect time if you were going to te- take teens and 
young adults, especially because they're doing virtual learning anyway. <laughs> and then like they can always catch up later. Um, this would be the perfect time to go. Yeah, it yeah. is a really, it's a perfect time for anybody to go. Um, I know from my kids, the virtual learning thing, um, they have to be on computers at certain times throughout the day and in order to get credit for their, their class or else they get counted absent. Um, but not every school, school system may be like that. So right. if you have the opportunity to take a break or so um, or to take it a long weekend, uh, it, it's a perfect opportunity to do it. And going back to the, the wait time, something that just appeared, you know, popped in my head is some of those rides are completely different in every seat that you sit in. Mm -hmm. So if, if you sit in the front of the car one time, you go sit in the back and then you sit in the middle, you're getting a different ride experience on some of those rides just by sitting in a different place on the, on the coaster. Um, yep. So that's kind of a good time to experience, you know, Even different seats. Passes. And, yeah. Like there's mm -hmm. upper level and a lower level. Like, like the upper level is so intense and like the lower level, like kind of like soaring, but like, that's so cool. Like to experience both of them. Yeah. And, um, um, the, uh, star tours. I mean, you can ride that one five times in a row and probably have a different experience every single time. So, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity to get different experiences for some of your favorite rides. I feel like we've talked a lot about Star Wars over the last couple of minutes. And <laughs> I've got another Star Wars update for everybody. This is uh, a I cool read one. That the, yes, it is a cool one. However, I was a little disappointed when I saw the pictures, but uh, they're not finished. So I'm excited to see what happens when they're finished with it. But Star Wars, Gal uh, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruisers, Star Cruiser, oh my gosh, say that like five times, uh, <laughs> is, they're still planning on opening that in 2021. Um, and for those who don't know, it's a two-night all-immersive experience featuring your favorite Star Wars scenes, characters. You know, the, the, They haven't released a whole lot, but it, it, you're going to feel like you feel when you're in Galaxy's Edge. You're going to be surrounded by the Star Wars saga. And it's a, it's a uh, resort that you're going to be able to stay in. They haven't released pricing for it that I'm, a, you know, that, that nothing I, I thought it was supposed to be ready to book very soon. Yeah. But I haven't seen anything Could concrete be delayed. as yeah. far as, yeah. Um, which with the construction stoppages throughout Walt Disney world, uh, I'm not sure how far behind they are on it, but I did see pictures. It does look like they have finished the main, um, structural aspect of it mm -hmm. uh, as far as the building goes. And then they just got to, you know, do the outside detail and the exterior. And then of course um, the interior for all the rooms. So as far as the concrete, the structure, the framing, that looks to be finished. Um, yep. It's, I mean, I knew it was going to be small, but it looks smaller than I really thought it was going to be. Um, it's going to so, be very small. Um, yeah. And there's not a whole lot of uh, theming and things are going to do to the outside because the whole idea is you won't see it from the outside. You'll see um, the starport where you um, are uh, taken to board and disembark yeah. the Star Cruiser, but you won't see much of anything else beyond that. Yeah, but the arrow views, you're supposed to look, it's supposed to just look like a spaceship. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, I'll be interested to see how they end up making that look because you're right. I mean, you're not going to see it. However, if you're flying over in a helicopter or something like that, you know, what's it going to look like? You know, you, you look at it through Google earth. What, you know, what's the outside going to look like? 
So I'm, I'm interested to see how it keeps coming along. I'm going to keep watching for updates. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to afford a stay, but uh, I will gladly book one for anybody who wants to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I imagine I it's going to be a little pricey. About, yeah. I mean, there's been rumors of, you know, $2,300 to $7,200, depending on the size of your family and whatever. I'm like, please yeah. don't quote us on anything. Nothing official has been yeah. released yet. There's simply just yeah. rumors out there that we've heard. Um, yeah. But we, we had heard, we thought this was supposed to be open to booking uh, towards the end of this year. Now, that may be this, delayed a little yeah. bit with uh, the slowdown in the construction and everything. But um, yeah, keep keep your ears open for more information on Galactic Star Troopers as it's coming. If you want crowds to come back, though, open that resort and you'll get, you'll, you'll get a good chunk of crowds to come back. So Yeah, I believe even at the price, it will book. Yes, I think it will stay pretty will. full. Yeah. All right, and we got one last bit of information as far as some dining changes. Yeah, so um, Cinderella's Royal Table has changed their prices because they cannot offer the um, same character experiences that they were offering before, as well as most restaurants throughout Walt Disney World are not offering the same menu options that they were before. So Cinderella's Royal Table is going from $72 to $65 a person for adults. And then, um, hold on one second, $45 to $37 for children ages three to nine. So um, it's not going to be the same thing that you would have booked previously, but, you know, they do come out and they wave at you and the character interactions are limited. But, you know, if you're going and you planned your trip and you still want to go, I think it would be, you know, it would be nice. We went to be our guest and we saw the beast and it was still pretty and they still had the music and everything. So um, although it's not going to be the thing that you booked originally, it might be worth your while. Yeah. Yeah. Some um, of the restaurants have changed to, you know, different menus and things because of the limited um, number of people are serving and limited number of people in the kitchen, but uh, I believe this is still a four course meal, is what they were saying. Yes, yeah, it is. Yep, and I'm, I'm glad to see this. I mean, again, at this point, your Disney vacation is not going to be the same as it was last year. I mean, correct. So, this fall, this falls in line with that whole theme. Um, it's going to be something different. Um, I'm completely thankful that disney has done this because they're, they're recognizing we're not offering the same product that we normally do so why would we charge the same price uh, i know a lot of people would say 65 dollars for a meal is you know is outrageous however it's disney food you're sitting in cinderella's castle eating a full you know full course meal um i think it's worth it I, it's justifiable and again they are offering it to you for a discounted price i know seven dollars may not seem like a lot to people but it's something and disney is saying you know again we're not offering the same experience so we're not going to charge the same price and we've seen that a couple of times throughout this COVID situation where disney has mm -hmm. been 
you know, been that way and said, you know, we're still going to take care of you, even though we're not offering what we typically would offer, we're still going to give you the best experience possible that we can given the guidelines and everything that we have to follow. So I'm completely on board with this. I thank Disney for doing it. And, um, you know, as Jenny said, I mean, all your menus are kind of changing your character experiences at all your restaurants are changing. Uh, we have a couple uh, character meals booked ourselves when we go just to kind of see what it's like. And, you know, maybe we'll record a couple of those so people can see, but um, they're still going to interact with you. They're still going to make it fun. And, you know, this is just another, another change that unfortunately has to happen or it doesn't have to happen that Disney's just decided to do because of the situations that are going on with the world. Yep. Well, uh, that's still some good information there. So um, again, we want to say thank you to Ginny for joining us. We had a really good time having you on the show. We hope you enjoyed it. Oh, I did. I had a great time. Thank you. Thank you for, yep. Thank you for joining us, Ginny. And thank you guys for listening. Um, If you have any more questions for us, you can always comment on all of our different social medias. We will get right back to you with any answers that you have or that that you need. and you can catch us next time as we continue our series traveling with all all girls. So basically the next episode is going to be um, an all girls party. So moms, grandmas, daughters, um, dads, of course, are always invited. Grand, you know, grandfathers are always invited. But this is basically no, no boys in the group as far as siblings. Um, so it's just going to be all girls. And how do we go about booking for that? So um, we're going to have another mouse expert on. Um, probably summer she is chomping at the bit to get back on the show so um (laughs) she's going to be enlightening us with how she goes about the park um which is going to be very interesting um if you've enjoyed the show and you think you know someone else who may enjoy it as well please share this episode with them and as always we want to hear from you so please leave us a comment or send us an email all our contact details are available in the show description and Jenny, we always end every episode with a quote, and we thought we would let you read this one. Be who you are on the inside from Moana. I love that movie. That's a great it's movie. It's favorites. a great quote. It yeah, is. It is. It Moana is. and Tangled are right up there with me with Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Probably my tops and right now. That is definitely a good quote for teenagers who are traveling Disney World. Like I said, I was one of those where I was too cool to go. Um, don't be that be yourself be who you are on the inside enjoy your vacation absolutely all right thanks everybody we appreciate you guys thank you guys we will catch you next time thank you see you on episode 20